0: I want you to turn with me to John's Gospel, chapter 10, John chapter 10, and we return to our study here this morning, and we pick up in verse 31 in John chapter 10, and I want you to follow along in your copy of God's Word as I read from mine. John 10 and verse 31 to the end of the chapter. Believe the works, that you may know and understand that the Father is in me, and I am in the Father. Again, they sought to arrest him, but he escaped from their hands. He went away again across the Jordan to the place where John had been baptizing at first, and there he remained. And many came to him, and they said, John did no sign, but everything that John said about this man was true and many believed in him there. People aren't bad. People aren't bad. It's just that some people do bad things. At least that's what we're led to believe by popular culture, right? People aren't bad. It's just that some people do bad things. But I wondered, as I read this passage this week and looked at, at the, the truths before us, I wondered, how bad are people anyway? How, how, how bad are people? Well, people are as bad as human nature. And that is, people are as bad as their sin nature. And the sin nature is, is pretty bad. It's pretty dark. You know, our sin nature gets us into all kinds of trouble. You realize that? I see these people who are speaking to Jesus, and and some might have said, well, they're not bad people, they just do bad things. But really, what was it that drove them to do the things they did? What was it that drove them to oppose Jesus Christ? What was it that drove them to see the good works He performed and to ignore them and try to pick up stones to stone him and then try to haul him off to have him tried. What was it that drove them to do those kinds of things? If there's something that's clear, I think, in in our passage this morning, it's that human, human wickedness, human sinfulness left unchecked can reach some surprising extremes. I think we can see it right away as we read verse 31. It's obvious in verse 31. Read verse 31 again where it says, The Jews picked up stones again to stone him. And by the Jews here, John means here, in general, the, Jew, the Jewish religious leaders. He's not talking about all the Jewish people. He's saying the Jewish religious leaders. And so, led by their sin nature, these Jewish religious leaders, these people who claim to believe in God's law, often often the Old Testament was called God's law, so blinded by their lack of faith, and, and though they proclaimed their their understanding of and belief in God's law, so led by their sin nature, so blinded by their lack of faith, and by their unbelief, they will not listen to Jesus' teaching. They will not have it. They will not listen to a word of it. They're only led by their blind anger to be done with Jesus. They want him gone. They're ready to pick up stones and stone him on the spot. They think they have enough evidence to warrant this kind of response. But why did they lash out at Jesus with such anger? Why? Why? Weren't they looking for the promised Messiah? Weren't they weren't they waiting for weren't wasn't there hope in their the promised Messiah? Weren't they waiting for the Messiah to appear? Well, I think they may have proclaimed they were awaiting a Messiah, but it was very clear by their actions that we see here they didn't want the kind of Messiah that Jesus was. They wanted a different kind of Messiah. You see, the problem was they were lashing out at him once again to stone him because they didn't want a Messiah who showed them their own sinfulness, who exposed their hearts for what they really were. Dark indeed because of their sin nature. They certainly weren't out to kill him for, for any evil he had done. Had Jesus done anything that was evil? Absolutely not. Note how Jesus goes about exposing their true motives. Look at verse 32 again, where he says, Jesus answered them. Where he says, I have shown you many good works from the Father. For which of them are you going to stone me? Maybe they were going to stone Jesus for giving the, the hearing to the deaf. Yes, maybe. I don't think so. Maybe they're going to stone him for giving speech to the dumb. That would be foolish. Maybe they are going to stone him for causing the lame to walk or the blind to see or for casting out demons. No, it wasn't for any of those good works for which they were going to stone him. Jesus had done no harm, unless you consider the harm that he brought on these Jewish religious leaders' pride. No, he had done only good. So Jesus says, "It's in effect, he says, Hey, let's be clear about this. Let's be clear about why you're stoning me. Let's be clear about why you want me dead. I've only been obeying my Father's commands. I've only been doing the things that He has given me authority to do. How how clear it is here, the ingratitude of their hearts after all the good that Jesus had done. What in the world could drive you to do something like this, to pick up stones, to stone the one who, who had done so much good? How clear it is the depth of ingratitude of their hearts. Jesus had only shown mercy. Jesus had only done good. But they were going to show him only their cruel hate in return. But why? Look at their reasoning in verse 33. The Jews answered him, It's not for a good work that we're going to stone you, but for blasphemy. Because you, being a man, make yourself God. That's interesting here, I think, they admit, they do admit that he had done good. They don't deny that he had done good. They don't say, oh, no, you haven't done anything good. It wasn't for a good work that we're going to stone you. Remember how earlier they had wanted him to be very clear about who he is? They don't care about his works. They don't care about his his good works or what he had done and the much good that he had done. Remember earlier they said, and we saw this last week back in verse 24, they want him to be very clear about who he is. Now, why was it they wanted him to be very clear about who he is? Look at verse 24 again. Back up a few verses. Verse 24, how long will you keep us in suspense if you are the Christ? Tell us plainly. Do you think they really wanted to know? Do you think, do you think they were inquiring minds? Do you think they were seekers of truth? I don't think so. I don't think that's their heart at all. They weren't seeking. They weren't looking, hoping to know the truth. In fact, they're only looking for something very clear-cut for which they could pick up stones to stone him for. Please tell us plainly. We want to know the truth. Trust us. I think is the idea is going on here, their hearts, darkened by sin, they don't want to know the truth. They want they want some reason, some justification for picking up stones here and now. Let's be done with him. And I think it's very interesting. He gave them what they wanted. He gave it to them. Remember last week when we saw this in verses 25 through 30? Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name bear witness about me, but you do not believe because you are not a part of my flock. My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. And then he gives them the the reason that they were looking for, the, the words. Here it is. I and the Father, verse 30, I and the Father are one. That was all they needed to hear. You're like, yeah, perfect. Stones, quickly. That's all they wanted to hear. It doesn't get much clearer than this, but Jesus is calling himself God in the flesh when he says, I and the Father are one. So in verse 31, we see them picking up stones again to stone him, and they consider this blasphemy. But note how Jesus, again, so easily exposes the sinfulness of their hearts, the sinfulness that was driving their actions, look at verses 34 through 36 again. Jesus answered them, Is it not written in your law? Remember? The law they profess to believe. The law they profess to follow. Is it not written in your law? I love how God takes them back to the word of truth. Let that be a lesson, a reminder to us. Is it not written in your law? I said you are God's. If He called them gods to whom the Word of God came, the Scripture cannot be broken. Note that. The Scripture cannot be broken. Do you say of Him whom the Father consecrated and sent into the world, You are blaspheming because I said, I am the Son of God. I want you to note how in verse 34, Jesus goes back to the Word. How important that is for us to remember. Jesus Himself, God in human flesh, where did did Jesus go when confronted with lies? Where did Jesus go? He always goes back to the Word, right? We remember the temptation of Christ in the desert by Satan. Where did He go when tempted by Satan? He went back to the Word of truth. Listen, if Jesus goes back to the Word we had better waste no time going back to the Word, right? He goes back to the Word, back to the Scriptures, and that's very important here. Jesus went back to the Word, and so should we. Whatever we face, listen, whatever you face this week, I think God speaks about it in His Word. He may not have a specific, you know, drop the Bible open, point a finger. You might want to be careful about that, okay? Okay. There are people who went out and hanged themselves in the Bible, right? You don't want to land on that passage. But what I'm suggesting is that God's Word addresses the life situations you're going to face this week. And if Jesus went to the Word in this situation and in many others, we do ourselves a great disservice to not go to the Word regularly and often and always. Whatever we face... We ought always go back to God's Word. So think about with me, what is Jesus alluding to here? The quote in verse 34 is actually a reference from Psalm 82. Verse 34, Is it not written in your law, I said you are God's? I was reading A.W. Pink uh, this week, and he says this. I think it's interesting. He says, The magistrates of Israel were so called... God's, little g, God's, were so called because of their authority and power and as representing the divine majesty in government. Another commentator says of the passage Jesus alludes to from Psalm 82, the psalm was understood in rabbinic circles as an attack on unjust judges who, though they have been given the title gods, little g-gods, because of their quasi-divine function of exercising judgment, are just as mortal as other men. So what's the argument here? In this passage that we're talking about here in verse 34, this commentator says, what's the argument here? It's often it's often thought to be as follows. If it was an Old Testament practice to refer to men like the judges judges as gods and not blaspheme, why did the Jewish authorities object when this term was applied to Jesus? This really doesn't seem to fit the context, however, since if that were the case, Jesus would not be making any claim for divinity for, for himself over and above any other human being and therefore he would not be subject to the charge of blasphemy. Rather, this is evidently a case of arguing from the lesser to the greater, a common form of rabbinic argument. The reason the Old Testament judges could be called gods is because they were vehicles of the Word of God. But granting that premise, Jesus deserves much more than they to be called God. He is the Word incarnate whom the Father sanctified and sent into the world to save the world. In light of the prologue to the Gospel of John, it seems this interpretation would have been most natural for the author if it is, if it is permissible to call men gods because they were the vehicles of the Word of God, how much more permissible it is to use the word God, big G, of Him who is the Word of God. And, and that, I believe, is Jesus' point here. Note how Jesus says in verse 35, and Scripture cannot be broken. You see, they claimed to be believers in the law, in the believers of God's Word. They claim to be teachers of the law. Here they want to kill the very Word of Life with stones. How, how obviously their actions contradict their words. They say they believe, but there's not this, the, the evidence. They pick up the stones. as evidence of something totally different than belief in God's law. The Word of God should always have the last word it didn't for them that day. They said they believed the word, but their actions made it clear they really didn't. Now note, note Jesus appeal for them again to believe and help. I I think another evidence of the grace of Lord Jesus Christ, how gracious Jesus is. There's there's going to be a point where He says, and we're going to see it at the end of this chapter. We're going to see it tonight when we come back to these last few verses at the end when He He leaves them. He's not going to deal with them indefinitely. But right now, He's being very gracious to them. He gives them one last opportunity. Look at the appeal for them again to believe. Verses 37 and 38. If I am not doing the works of my Father, then don't believe me. But if I do them, even though you do not believe me, I think this is powerful. Think about this. You don't believe my words. You don't believe my teaching. Even if you don't believe my words and my teaching, believe the works. Look at what I've done. Believe the works that you may know and understand that the Father is in me and I am in the Father. Listen, there's an important truth I think pointed to here If they would look to the works, which they were ignoring, they didn't deny that Jesus had done good, right? But they said, no, no, never mind that. But if they'd brought the works and said, you know, we don't believe your words, but who could do these things? You must be the Messiah. That you may know. Look at my works. That you may know. Listen, God illuminates God illuminates the truth for those who have faith. God illuminates the truth for those who believe, who take steps of obedience to say, I don't totally understand it, God, but I'm going to obey anyway. I don't have to see it clear in black and white. I'm going to take steps of obedience. And God illuminates the truth and helps you understand His truth. And if they would have just looked to His works and said, yep, the evidence is clear, we better believe, they would have seen and believed. Then you may know and understand But the Father is in me, and I am in the Father. So Jesus says here, look, look! if I'm not doing the work that God sent me to do, then you have no reason to believe me. So Jesus appeals to those miracles as a reason enough to believe in him. It's obvious he is doing the work of the Father. It's obvious, and yet they don't care. Don't confuse us with the truth, thank you very much. We've got our minds made up. Do you see here the darkness of the heart and where the heart will go when, when there's no light, when there's no truth? Forget the evidence. Forget the truth. We don't care. And Jesus says, Fine. Don't believe my words but at least believe because you see and acknowledge the clear evidence of my works begin to have faith and begin to trust me because you see the works and you say that must be evidence that this man is who he says he is that, that the father is in me and I am in the father says Christ What did they do They refused right They said we're not going to have any of that forget your works Certainly wasn't for the lack of evidence. They refused to see the evidence. They refused to give credence to the evidence. They refused to be led by the evidence. Their minds were so fixed by the darkness of sin, they would not, they could not turn back. Earlier, we hear them admit that Jesus had done good works, but they are blind to the truth, not for lack of evidence, but for lack of faith. You hear it? They are blind to the truth for lack of faith, not for lack of evidence. Sometimes I think we think this. We think, well, I just need to say one more thing to get this person talked into to, to, to the kingdom. If I could just share one more piece of evidence, if I could just share one more argument, if I could just talk faster than they could. Not necessarily. It may not be that there's a lack of evidence for that person you're trying to lead to Christ. It may be that the the evidence is overwhelming, and yet the faith is not there. And if the faith isn't there, no amount of evidence will convince. And so what do we do? Well, then we pray. We pray, right? We ask God, open their blind eyes, soften their hard hearts, help them to see. But these men, they're blind to the truth, not for lack of evidence, but for lack of faith. If they had had faith, they would see and believe. you realize that? God is gracious, and where there is faith, there is sight. Where there is lack of faith, is blindness. If they had faith, they would see and believe. But they don't have faith. They see the evidence. They see it right in front of them, right in front of their faces, and they don't believe it. But now they think, They have even more of his own words to use against him. Before they were going to pick up stones and stone him, kind of out of rage. Just just a quick response. Let's pick up stones and stone him right now. But now they don't need to be so hasty. Wait a minute, now we've got even more evidence. Let's arrest him. Take him off to be tried. He's given us even more. Now they think they have even more of his own words to use against him, so they try to arrest him have him tried verse 39 and again they sought to arrest him but again he proves who he is yes look at verse 39 but he escaped from their hands and get this he didn't he didn't run for fear he didn't he didn't hide because he was afraid of what might happen to him here's the bottom line it wasn't time yet it wasn't time yet And every time they try to put their hands on him, or their stones, he's gone, until it's time. Why? Because he's God in human flesh. He is who he says he is. And he's following the Father's commands. He's following the Father's orders. And it's not the appointed time. In spite of their malicious intent, it's not yet time. Once again, he escapes their grasp. Jesus will not be taken until it's time. We don't know how he did it. could have been any number of ways. Use your imagination we are not told. But we do know that he escaped their hands because it was not time. And we can thank God again for more proof of who Jesus is and that he is in control. In fact, he will offer himself up at the appropriate time. But there's still work to do until then. We see some of that work in verses 40-42, to 42, and we're going to look at those tonight, but how clearly here the depravity of men's hearts, do you see it this morning? How clearly the depths of de- depravity that, that, that are in the heart of an unregenerate mankind. It was just as we hear in John 15-25, they hated me without cause. Uh, one commentator I read, quoting someone else I think, said that, But this other commentator had said that if they could get their hands on God, they'd kill him. They hated me without cause, blinded by their sin. And that's the sinfulness of the unconverted heart. That's the heart controlled by sin. It's blind, it's rebellious, it's obstinate, even murderous. It hates without cause. Unless we forget, that's your heart. That's mine. Without Christ. You realize that? That was a dirty trick, wasn't it? Those were a bunch of bad guys. But you realize? The stones would have been in our hands that day. With his heart with as dark a heart as they had, untouched by the light of truth. Says Jeremiah seventeen nine. the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? You and I can't. But the point is, he can. Jesus, there is one, there is one who overcomes our evil, Dark, sin-sick hearts. Praise God. Amen? There is one. He is Jesus. He calls to you from his word today. Do you hear him? Believer, do you hear him calling to you from his word, saying, I'm your only hope. Keep your, keep your hope in me. Keep your trust in me. Come back to my word. Come back to my truth. Depend on my spirit. Maybe you have never trusted in Christ. Maybe you're an unbeliever today and you and you hear these truths and you hear God calling to you from His Word today. Do you hear Him? You must only believe in Him. Believe in Christ. When you believe in Christ, you're going to want to repent of your sin and tell Him you're you, you've got that black heart. You want to be done with that. Repent of your sin and believe in Jesus Christ. Because those who have faith in Him, He cleanses. Right? He cleanses. He makes new. He makes clean. He gives a new heart. He changes. He gives life to our sin-sick souls. Jesus gives sight to our spiritually blind eyes. Jesus saves from the punishment for our sin. praise God, do not be like those men who wanted to be done with Christ. Don't reject Him. Only believe. Only believe. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank You. What a sobering reminder this morning of the darkness of the heart that's unchecked by the Spirit of God, by the Word of truth, unforgiven by Jesus Christ, by His sacrifice. God, I pray that that would not be our hearts. God, I pray that there would not be a heart here this morning that says, I don't want anything to do with Jesus. I just want to be done with him. Oh Lord, I pray that that's not true. Soften hard hearts, God, I pray. Open blind eyes. Help help the unrepentant sinner to repent of sin and turn to Jesus Christ in faith. Now, help them. And God, I pray for your people. Help us to always remember we are not saved by performing. We're saved by believing in Jesus Christ. And we're kept by Christ. We're His. We're His sheep. He's our shepherd. He's the door. He's the way. God, help us to keep our hope and faith and strength in the Lord Jesus Christ and help us to honor Him by our obedience. But God, help us to know our obedience doesn't improve our position in Christ. That's already been done by Christ. God, help us to honor and glorify Christ with our lives, with our attitude, with the way we conduct ourselves in business, in work, in our family life, in our neighborhoods, in our schools. God, help us to honor the Son as followers of Christ. And those who don't know you, Lord, I pray, draw them to yourself. Tear down the barriers Open their eyes to see the truth, their ears to hear the truth, and help them believe in Jesus. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.